Hello, and welcome to the Ranting Redneck Podcast. This is our fifth episode, and as always, I'd like to thank everyone that has taken time out of their day to listen and let us know what you think, and you know, you can give us feedback anytime at at Redneck Ranch Pod on Twitter or rantingrednecpod at gmail.com. We have a couple things to touch on today. The first thing is there is in the American Families Plan that the current administration is pushing, there is a change to the regulations for bank reporting to the IRS. And it's kind of a nasty little poison pill they've tagged on there. It essentially, currently, the banks are required to report any transaction $10,000 or over to the IRS. This was ostensibly done to combat money laundering and make it more difficult for people to hide assets. And they are trying to change this. They have this little puddle of crap in this bill, which is the way every bill in Washington works. You know, there's no such thing as this is a clean spending bill. This is a relief bill. It's everything has these little poison pills and pork barrel projects and all this crap tagged onto it. But ostensibly what this would do is change that reporting requirement from transactions over $10,000 to requiring banks to literally report every deposit, withdrawal, everything for any bank account with a balance over $600. So that would require them if you have $700 in a checking account and you stop by the convenience store and you use your debit card or write a check to pay for a cup of coffee and a roll that gets reported to the IRS. The, this would create such a horribly undue burden and it's supposed to ostensibly help them get closer to collecting the correct percentage of taxes owed that's currently believed to be at about, they collect about 84 to 85% of what is owed. And the claim is that every percent they can add to that is about another $30 billion. The silly part of this is, you know, let's, let's just roll this snowball down the hill for a minute. Say you have one of your kids is mowing lawns during the summer and they decide that they want to save their money up for something big and you go and you open a bank account for them. Well, in a lot, most banks, you know, a 10 year old kid can't have their own account. There has to be an adult on the account. Well, as this snowball rolls down the hill and your child works hard and mows lawns all summer and they've got $650 in this bank account, because your name is on that account too. If they decide they want to go buy a pair of nice jeans that, you know, for school or whatever, when they pull that money out, that all gets reported and the adult's name goes on this and banks would be required by this legislation to issue a form 1099 to be filed with your taxes for every account you have. 
So if say you have a regular checking account, you have a savings account, you have an account for your kid because, you know, they're working during the summer and every one of those, you would have a separate 1099 issued for that account that would have to be filed with your taxes. The, this is a crazy invasion of privacy. It's a ridiculous burden placed on these small community banks. You know, it, one thing, if it's Wells Fargo, they probably have a way to, to report all that, to transmit all that, to keep track of all that. But, you know, community banks, like you see in most small towns, they're not set up for that kind of deal. And this is also going to completely overwhelm the IRS. This is, you know, that's just going to be such a mountain of data because, you know, you see people, we've all been in line at the convenience store in the morning and seen the guy that uses a debit card to buy a cup of coffee. Well, if he has over $600 in that account, the IRS gets that information given to them. That, that is all tracked and that is all transmitted. The, the sheer amount of information this would generate is just ridiculous. And the reason they picked $600 is because any amount of earnings over $600 for the year is supposed to be reported. The current $10,000 threshold is, it's a little bit intrusive. You know, you may have a car that you've had for several years and you decide you want to sell it and you want to go get a different vehicle. Well, if you sell that car for $10,500, then that's reportable to the IRS and it's, it's not income. It's you selling that car, you know, when you lower that threshold to, it's not even transactions over a certain amount. It's any bank account over $600. All activity is required to be reported. This is not, this is simply an invasion of privacy and it is absolutely Uncle Sam having an invisible eye in your billfold. This is Uncle Sam being able to see every little financial transaction. This means if, say, you were to get audited. You know, I mean, currently, if you're audited, the IRS can request a whole bunch of information from your bank. And, but now that information's already in their hand. It just, the guy's going to walk in here and he's going to have every bit of bank activity you've had. If there was, you know, say you sold a couple old things you had laying around some old junk or, you know, had a yard sale, something of that nature. Well, if you deposited any of that money in your bank account, now the IRS knows you had that. And if that's not part of your tax reporting, well, then you're going to be punished for something that is absolutely the most victimless crime on the face of the earth. The other thing that happens as this snowball goes down the hill is you're going to see a lot of people that choose to leave the banking system. So you're going to see people, you know, that especially people that don't have a lot of trust in the government anyway, which recently has become probably a large majority of the population, but you're going to see a lot of people going to 
buy a vehicle, they're going to use these secondary lenders and these buy here, pay here car lots. And, you know, where instead of going and buying a vehicle and paying five or 6% interest, you're paying 15 or 16% interest, you know, going somewhere and instead of depositing your paycheck in a bank, you're going to go see people go somewhere to one of these check cashing services where, you know, seven, eight percent of their income, the check cashing service takes. The potential fallout from this and the damage this will do to people strictly because people don't like having their privacy invaded that way. They just absolutely do not. And I don't blame them. I don't want my privacy invaded that way. You know, I don't think that if I went and pulled $5 out of, you know, or deposited a $20 check from who knows what, I don't think that really is that big an issue, but you know, it's now it's to the point of, we've got to try to milk every dime we can. And the other side of this is with the banks, essentially what this would do is force bank employees to be unpaid IRS agents. It's basically forcing them to track and report all this data to the IRS and saves the IRS the trouble of having to do it. You're, you're making these people work for the government as basically unpaid interns by forcing them to report all this information. And they, it just, you know, once again, it's just a ridiculous overreach and a terrible invasion of privacy. The, you're going to see banks get penalized for little, small, inadvertent errors. You know, if they make one mistake in reporting, well, I'm sure there will be penalties built into this where the IRS can break it off in their ass over some little innocent common mistake. Sadly, in this country, that's very much the nature of our political machine is they're going to look and say, okay, we can pass these regulations and we'll generate more revenue. And as an enhancement to that, we'll catch people that make these tiny reporting mistakes and we'll find a way to penalize these banks. And this will create another additional source of revenue from this little, you know, thing that we have created this little monster. Like I said, as we roll the snowball down the hill, that's the kind of things we're looking at is, you know, and some of these smaller community banks, they don't run on the hugest profit margins in the world. They're, you know, owned a lot of times they're family owned and yeah, the families look like they have a lot of money, but you know, the banks don't run on huge profit margins. And if they start incurring federal penalties over little silly mistakes, then how long is it before they're not able to continue operating and you wind up with more of these huge mega banks buying them out? You know, we've all watched little local community banks in our area wind up selling out because they weren't profitable. So they sell out to these, you know, multi-state banking companies. And when that happens, of course, you go from having a community banker that, you know, when you walk through the door, they speak to you by name and they know you and they have dealt with you. And, you know, you're more to them than just a number on an account and a credit score when you want to, you know, if you need a loan for something. Now you see that go away. You see all these big mega banking corporations that have 
50 banks or 100 banks or whatever scattered throughout multiple states that just don't really give a damn about the community. All it is is a way for them to make money. And this, like I said, as this snowball rolls down the hill, we, we really need to try to fight this. And if you look up online, the Independent Community Bankers Association, they actually have information on this. And they also have a form online that is you can send a customizable message to your elected representatives regarding this legislation. So I would strongly urge you to look into this and make sure you make your voice heard, you know, make sure that you say what you have to say about this, because this is potentially absolutely disastrous on many, many levels, not just on a personal level for, you know, people that don't have a lot of money, but work hard and scrimp and save and do a little extra stuff on the side to make ends meet. They're, they're really wanting to push this. Let's prosecute victimless crimes and make sure we can milk every dime we milk out of this. So I would strongly urge you to look up the independent community bankers association. And I do not have the length. I link, I apologize for that. I should have made sure I had that written down. But if you look them up online, you'll find the information for sending a customizable message to your elected representative and objecting to this legislation. This absolutely cannot be allowed to pass or it will be literally disastrous for not only community banks, but for their customers. It's a huge overreach and invasion of privacy. It's forcing your local banker to become an unpaid IRS agent. This is just we really need to make sure we jump all over this and do everything we can to keep it from passing the other thing i wanted to touch on briefly is the we have a new variant of the kung flu where they've got now the mu variant i'm really curious what's going to happen when they run out of the greek alphabet but now it's supposedly a vaccine resistant strain, or they consider it might be vaccine resistant, which, you know, I still think, how do they know we have this variant or that variant when the PCR test half the time can't differentiate between flu and COVID? You know, it damn sure is not going to be capable of differentiating between Delta variant, Mu variant, Lambda variant, my butt itches variant. It's... You know, but what it's all leading up to is the 2022 midterm election variant to help force mass mail-in voting. So we see the same kind of broad scale election fraud that I firmly believe we saw into in November of 2020. The Democrats in this country know that in a lot of places they don't win legitimate elections with voter ID and in-person voting. They, they know that they can't win it, but they know that, hey, we can use this to, you know, force people to use mail, mail ballots and then we can make up whatever votes we need. And that's what it's all leading up to. We're going to see the 2022 midterm election variant. It won't be called that. It'll be called the, who knows, Omega variant or Kappa variant or, you know, they'll come up with something for it, but they... They claim this one's vaccine resistant, which, you know, 
when you create a vaccine like what they've created that doesn't eliminate a disease, you can still catch it. You can still transmit it. What you do, if it does have any effectiveness, you teach these viruses how to avoid that. You, you create strains of viruses that are resistant to that. You know, we've seen over the years, the different antibiotic resistant strains of bacterial infections that, you know, things like MRSA and staph infection. And, you know, you've seen changes in those where common antibiotic treatments, you see strains come up that are resistant to those and they have to develop new ways to treat them. Because if you treat something, but you don't get rid of it, you essentially teach it how to avoid or how to beat that treatment. And so if it is truly an anti, you know, a vaccine resistant strain, I understand how that comes about because when vaccinations don't eliminate something, they educate it. They, you know, every year we see strains of the cold that are resistant to what treated it last year. You, you see that in everything. All these variants and like i said it's not going to run out folks it's not going away anytime soon so many people in this country willingly said daddy government control my life to save my life that you're not going to see the government in this country give up that power and as ronald reagan said never is the solution to any problem more government and, you know, he also said many times we look to the government to solve problems when the government is the problem. And the reason we're seeing, like I said, all these variants and we're seeing, you know, oh, well, this treatment works and that treatment works. Oh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't work. You know, the, the ivermectin deal that there are, there is an, a veterinary form of ivermectin and then there is a human form of ivermectin. And of course, all the media in this country fails to tell you that. They say that, you know, Joe Rogan has contracted COVID and he's using ivermectin as a treatment. And if you look at the headlines in the mainstream media, he's using a horse drug. He's using horse dewormer. He's, you know, using an animal drug. Well, that's just intellectually lazy, disingenuous, and, well, just plain piss poor reporting because it's not hard to know that, you know, a lot of these medications, they make antibiotics that are that penicillin amoxicillin. They make those that you can put in a fish tank or you can give to animals. You know, I, as a kid with animals on a farm, we, we gave antibiotic injections, penicillin and things like that to animals all the time. But the media is not going to tell you that. They're going to tell you that somebody's taking horse drugs. And, you know, they tend to, to vilify these treatments and tell you how wonderful the vaccines are and and it's all it's all control it's not controlling a virus it's controlling a population the you know we've we've seen so many studies that tell you that masks are basically useless because the average virus is 125th the size of the average pores in a cloth mask well that's essentially the equivalent of putting up a chain link fence because you don't want mosquitoes getting in your lawn it's not going to work, but what, what the government is going to continue to do with this and the Democrats in particular, which right now our government basically is the Democrats, they're going to use this to maintain that control. People have said, Hey, you can take over my life. If I think it saves my life, nothing causes people to bow and scrape to government, like creating fear. 
and that's what all these new variants are about we're gonna we're gonna make you think that this is gonna take you out if you don't follow our guidelines and you don't take our injections and you know stay home and don't get together with relatives and you know eliminate these people from your life if they have they're not going to go take this vaccination and and it's just more control and more division and it's much easier to control a divided populace you know abraham lincoln said it himself a, a house divided against itself cannot stand that was said prior to the civil war and that's what all these variants are being used for it creates further division because you see all these people that you know are vaccinated and act like basically if you're not vaccinated you should be thrown in a leper colony and and you see the other way people who chose not choose not to take the vaccine like myself you see people that absolutely just you know try to publicly crucify somebody because they chose to be vaccinated well the wonderful thing about this country is you should have the freedom to make that choice and i i mean i don't know that i think it's the world's greatest choice but if someone chooses to do that i respect that choice but so many in this country aren't willing to to respect differences and agree to disagree on things they're just determined it's my way or the highway and the government sees this the democrats see this they say hey we can keep throwing this out and we keep this division going you know at no point the one thing that scares government most is the united populace the people of a country working together is the one thing that scares government. They're not scared of everybody being divided. They love everybody being divided. That lets them draw little lines in the sand and, you know, everybody stays on this group, stays on that side and that group stays on the other side. And the government helps create that division. You know, they, they look at that and they go, Hey, we control these people. We own these people. If they're not willing to work together and we have to understand and by the same token, you know, we have political factions in this country that that fight dirty. I mean, they're going to use every tool at their disposal. They're going to use the media. They're going to use disease. They're going to use whatever they can use. And you have to fight by the rules your opponent set. And what we see from Republicans, elected Republicans in this country, is they're not willing to do that. They want to take the high ground, the Lindsey Grahams of the world that, you know, they write a strongly worded letter and then they're walking through Congress bumping elbows with Kamala Harris, you know. You, you can't be that comfortable anymore. That's just not the way politics works. I wish it did. I wish we still had the civility of, you know, the old Southern Democrats working with the Northern Republicans and understanding that, you know, we may not completely agree on things, but at the end of the day, we see something that's good for this nation. That's what we need to do. You don't see that anymore, but you have to fight by the rules your opponent sets. You can't, you know, be comfortable being, being free is not always comfortable. You have to understand that slavery is comfortable. Because you never have to worry about it. Everything's provided for you. You go do your little job and everything's provided for you. And it's comfortable. I mean, it's disgusting and horrible, but comfortable. Whereas freedom isn't, you know, and to maintain that freedom, you certainly can't be comfortable. You know, I would, I would caution that at this point in time, it's getting very close to the point that we better be willing to be uncomfortable. You know, it's, the government is becoming 
so overgrown and so big and bloated and so quote unquote omniscient and omnipotent, you know, they're, they're everywhere and they're, they think they're all powerful and they need to be reminded that their power comes from us. And we're drawing very close to the time when that's going to have to be very uncomfortable. You know, we're going to have to be willing to say and do things that we are, that are outside our comfort zone. But that's, if something doesn't change, that's the way it is. You know, you, and that doesn't mean your neighbors. I mean, that means the government in this country and our elected officials, you know, try, you don't necessarily ostracize your neighbors over the fact that you have different political beliefs because that's what got us where we are today. But also understand that not everybody is reasonable and people that aren't, you can't be reasonable in trying to deal with them. You, you have to be willing to take a stand, to stand your ground, to say, Hey, this is the hill I'm willing to die on. And so many people in this country don't have that mentality. They say, well, I sure don't like that, but well, I guess I'll just live with it. You know, it's just, I'm just going to get up and go to work and do my thing and live my life. And I don't want to have any involvement in it. Well, folks, that's the ostrich with its head in the sand. You know, I've said before, the one, one upside of all this COVID mess and all the nastiness we've had in politics lately with, you know, the way Donald Trump was treated while he was in office and the way the Democrats looked down on the population and the big disconnect, the humongous disconnect between Main Street America and the political elites in this country. It's, you know, it, that's what led to the French Revolution was the fact that, you know, the whole let them eat cake thing. You had these people sitting in their ivory towers looking down on the peasants. And eventually the peasants realized there was a lot more of them than there was the aristocracy and the nobility setting up in these ivory towers looking down at them. And we see that that level of disconnect in this country now. You know, we see things like our political elites don't understand that the world, we don't, not everybody lives in their world. You know, our Hollywood celebrities, these, the wealthy in this country, they don't understand not everyone lives in their world. We literally had a senator from Missouri by the name of Claire McCaskill that was criticized because she traveled by private plane and she came from a family with money and that's fine. I don't have heartburn with that. You know, I mean, if your family has money and you want to travel by private plane, I don't care. What I do care about is the fact when she was criticized by that, about that, she literally made the statement. Well, if people want to travel that way, they should just go buy an airplane. Well, what percentage of the population did she actually think could literally just go buy an airplane? That is an illustration of how big the disconnect is between the political wealthy elite in this country and Main Street America. You know, they are so out of touch. And that is the thing that made Donald Trump such an appealing candidate is despite his money and being famous and, you know, being a TV star and having done all these things, he had the ability to stand there and connect and talk face to face without talking down to them. And truly you could see him genuinely listen to main street America. You know, he understood that main street America 
are the people who got him where he was. And he had the ability to connect with that, that group. And that ability is, you do not see that in so much of the ruling quote unquote aristocracy or political elites or ever how you want to want to phrase it. You know, you don't see that they don't have an understanding of what we go through on main in main street America. When this country was founded and Congress was created, Congress was paid on a per diem basis only while they were in session. They were not paid a salary because it was designed that way. So they would understand and would know because they ran businesses, they ran farms, they, you know, they, that way would have a true knowledge of how their decisions and their votes and their choices affected this country. When we gave Congress a salary, we turned politics into a career. We turned public service, quote unquote, at this day and age, into a career. We gave them a pension. We should never have done any of those things. Congress should still be paid only while in session on a per diem basis and have to go. Many of these people have never built anything. They've never run a business. They spent their entire life in government. You know, Bernie Sanders has been in government for that's the first steady job he ever had. He got kicked out of a hippie commune because he was too lazy and wouldn't keep up his part of the work. You know, Joe Biden's been in government since the early 70s. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Mitch McConnell, I'll throw him in there too. He's just as bad. And these people spend their whole life in government and they become so entrenched in that mentality of, you know, everything has to be political favors. We will do this for you, but we want your campaign dollars. You know, it's, we'll, we'll send these pork barrel projects to our district, our areas. So we get, you know, we buy a few votes with them. We should never have given Congress a salary because that helped create this disconnect. And, you know, people who their highest salary in Congress has been $175,000 a year, which while not bad money, these people shouldn't have become millionaires while making that kind of money. That tells you there was a lot of stuff that went on because you can do the math. 20 years in government at $175,000 salary is three and a half million dollars. How the hell is somebody worth 30? You know, and, but until we're willing to, to ask those uncomfortable questions and we're willing to, to stand up and say, you know, to the political elite in this country and address that disconnect and make our voices heard, you know, write letters to congressmen, you know, make your voice heard. I, go start a podcast, you know, I mean, right here's living proof that anybody in the world can do it. If you got a, well, if you got a cell phone, you can do it, you know, do things to make those voices heard, talk to people, you know, be willing to discuss things with people, find ways to change hearts and minds, find ways to make those voices heard. It's just going to get uglier, you know, and it's to the point now where we're not very far from, it literally being the point of there's going to have to be a revolution in this country. If something doesn't change, let's, let's make our voices heard. Let's, you know, like this, this banking reporting deal, let's make sure we get on those websites and we fill out forms and we make sure they get to our people in Congress. We make sure taking our country back starts at the ballot box and starts with a voice. 
making this country what it should be starts with people being willing to speak up, people being willing to step outside that comfort zone and say, hey, I'm going to be counted, you know, and that's that's on every one of us. You know, I like I started to say and went off on the normal tangents like I tend to do because I have a mind that's like a frog on meth and just hops all over the damn place. I, uh, I'm impressed. The one upside of all this political nastiness is the number of people in this country I have seen that prior to all this basically just didn't pay any attention. You know, okay, this person got elected. Hey, that's not who I voted for. I voted for this person. That was, that was their political involvement. That was what they paid attention to. Beyond that, they didn't care, didn't give a shit, didn't want to know. The number of people that have changed that mentality, the number of people that have become much more politically aware, the number of people that you see on social media that now comment on politics and give opinions and, you know, that before just absolutely avoided it like the plague, that's important. I mean, it may not seem like much that, you know, your buddy on Twitter that you talk to about just everyday life, all of a sudden you notice him commenting on political posts. You notice him talking about candidates or, you know, this policy or that policy. That's important. That's where it starts. You know, we, we need to be politically aware in this country. We need to, to pay attention to what's going on. We need to give a shit. And I have seen over the course of the last, you know, three, four years, I've seen more and more people become aware of things like that and, and kind of, you know, maybe not step into the ring, but certainly move up to the front row seats, you know, and try to pay more attention to it, be more aware of it because folks, it's our rights at stake. It's our rights as hunters, as gun owners, as taxpayers, as people that drive vehicles, you know, they're talking about a per mile tax on personal vehicles. It's, it's all those things. And we need to be aware of this. We need to give a damn. I, even if it's sitting at the coffee shop and you hear some people got people talking politics and you have a chance to join in the discussion, you know, and Hey, they get to hear your opinion too. It may be people you agree with. It may be people you disagree with. There may be some common ground and some that's not but we need to be aware. We need to speak up. We need to make sure our voices get heard. At no point should we just sit back and let the world pass us by. Yeah, you could do that a hundred years ago. You can't so much do that anymore because that's exactly what will happen is the world that we know now and that we have known for most of our lives will pass us by and we'll be looking at something completely unrecognizable. We already are. But it's just going to get worse if we don't do what we need to to start taking our country back. That's about everything we have for you this evening. And thanks for listening. And like I said, you know, if you you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe on your podcast services. And, you know, you can leave us feedback at Redneck Rants Pod on Twitter or Ranting Redneck Pod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think, you know, and if you like what you hear, tell a friend. If you don't, tell me. I'll, I'll listen. So we'll, we'll let you go with that and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>